Thank you very much, listeners. We're going into our second interview of the day. It's Monday, 2008, and we are doing Homeschool.com's Winter Homeschooling Teleconference. Coming up next, we're going to be speaking with Mona Lisa Harding. The topic is um, College by 12. And it's, Mona has some fascinating information that I wish I had known four years ago when I was first starting high school with my oldest child. And now I'm able to use a lot of her advice for my youngest child, who is now 11. Um, Mona Lisa, I've got to tell you, my daughter and I read your book cover to cover, College by 12. It's a simple ebook, callers, that you can order through Mona Lisa. I'll make sure I give you that um, ordering information. But um, very interesting. Um, Mona Lisa, you have how many children now? Um, nine. You have nine children. And I've got to tell you, those are fabulously good-looking children. What a quite a gene <laughs> pool. <laughs> oh, thank you. And in your own words, you said that um, that God helped you to figure out the fastest and easiest way to get your four oldest to do their schoolwork independently, and that the blessings yeah. from working toward this goal was what they excelled and were flying through the high school subjects. Yes. So you were looking for alternative ways to challenge them and to get them to earn college credit at the same time. And I have to tell you that according to our uh, homeschool.com product testers, their biggest advice was to have your high school student taking junior college classes so that they could get this dual credit. Yes. So um, you have so much information. Why don't we start in, tell us a little bit about your uh, story and okay. then how you were able to get your children through high school so fast. Okay. All right. Well, I'll start uh, just by thanking God and that um, he's really blessed our family. And uh, um, I was uh, very pregnant with my sixth child, very tired, and um, my oldest daughter was very bright and was doing her math independently using Saxon math. And I would just give her the solutions manual, and she would just kind of figure things out, you know, from the solution backwards. <laughs> And um, and she had been doing that for a while. And when she um, finished uh, the, um, she started the advanced math textbook, and had questions for me. I just honestly said, you know, I love you, but I took Trig in high school, and I'm just going to have this baby, and I'm tired, and Dad's going to have to take over. So my husband started taking over her math, and you know, he'd try and answer her questions in the evening and that sort of thing. And then he said. I took this stuff in college. You know, he went to college after we were married as an adult, and he remembered what he what she was learning in the advanced math textbook and thought, I took this in college. She could be getting college credit for some of this. So um, I started looking into it and found um, Cuesta College in um, San Luis Obispo or Paso Robles, California, um, did online classes, and I signed her up. And I was expecting a letter back saying, you know, you can't do this. She's only, well, she was 12. And, and I didn't get that letter. She actually got her her uh, enrollment papers, and she was online taking the class and got a B, and my husband helped her with it. And it was so neat when she got that credit that there was no going back. We thought, gosh, we can do this. She can do this, and she can get more credit. And so that's what started it all. But is your daughter a genius or is she just a no. normal child? She's She is gifted in math because, you know, our kids have different gifts and interests. And so she definitely gets the math. Um, 
But I have to say, I don't want to embarrass her, but her SAT score is pretty average. Of course, she was kind of young when she took it, but no, I don't have those children, one of the, any of those children that, you know, will take the SAT and get almost perfect scores, <laughs> anything like that. So she's just a hard worker, but, you know, she is gifted in math. Um, but I, we, we really emphasize the fact that they're not geniuses. Their test scores are average, but they've just achieved a lot in a short amount of time. Your uh, information really came at the right time for me because I have an 11-year-old who's um, awfully bright. She's the third child, and we were, same thing, we're looking for how are we going to motivate her through high school. Um, It's the same reason that school wasn't a very good fit for her because she was already so advanced for the class. It was really boring for her, even though she had a lovely teacher. that She went to school for one year to give it a test, and, well, she didn't make it a year. She made it two months. And then, <laughs> and then she didn't hate it at all. But uh, homeschooling is definitely the best fit for her. Uh-huh. And you had suggested that when you were in California, your daughter passed the California High School Proficiency Exam. Yes, yes, she did. Um, I went to a homeschool conference, and there was a young lady on a panel. I think the young lady was 15, and shared that she had taken that exam. And you know, I ran home with that information, and my husband was like, "Wow, look into that. We got to do this." And so um, Hannah did take that and passed that and got her high school diploma. Um, And that way she was able to take the um, junior college classes. Yes, yes. Well, she was at that time enrolled in in that um, online class. I think it was, if I remember correctly, um, she she could do the dual enrollment because she was doing high school. She was a high school student officially. She was in the 11th grade. But passing the test basically said we can stop all the homeschooling and go full-time into the junior college. So um, no, no questions asked. So that's what the, the diploma was good for. So, you know, she, um, my second daughter was also doing dual enrollment college work before she had gotten that diploma because that's allowed. You know, you can be a junior, junior or senior at, at some community colleges and take that dual enrollment for credit. We're running into a little bit of a, a problem with the proficiency exam because uh-huh. in California they have to be either 16 or that I can document that they've completed sophomore level work. Right. And my daughter's only 11. We bought the the Barron's proficiency exam workbook, and she's already passed three out of the four sections. The only section uh-huh. she hasn't passed yet is the math section because she uh-huh. hasn't completed algebra. Right. But of course, uh, role model parenting, we have to model integrity. So I certainly wasn't going to have her lie in order to be able to take the proficiency exam. Right. Because I I just don't want her to think that when you have a goal, you lie and cheat your way to get the goal. (laughs) Right, right. But um, so we've run into a little bit of a roadblock um, with Mm -hmm. that. And I wondered if you've encountered that before or anyone you've advised on this before and what you did about it. Well, I do have a a friend here in Montgomery, Alabama, who um, has a daughter who, who is very much high school level in all her subjects except math. She doesn't like math. That's just not her thing. So what I tell her, I tell her mother, um, you know, she's taking the SAT in a few weeks. What I tell her is you need to really work hard on that math. Obviously, she's doing well in the other subjects, so I would focus, you know, 80% of my efforts on just math. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's that's what I would say about your daughter, too, if that's if that's the area that she's lacking in. But we're talking about the, is it the R4 form? They still call that the affidavit in California? Well, in, uh, they call it a private school affidavit. We belong okay. to a charter school. 
and they're okay. very um, flexible. And I could switch over to a private school in order for her to do it. But I'm thinking that can she take a junior college classes, an online classes, without having that proficiency exam? Yes, yes. But again, the school is going to require her to be a junior or a senior in high school. Uh, yes, um, that's those are the junior colleges that we that we've been to. Um, it's Cuesta College, Allen Hancock Community College in Santa Maria, and then my son recently went to Foothill College in the San Francisco Bay Area. And yes, you know they they require you fill out the form that attests to the fact that your child is a junior or a senior. Um, so that's why the affidavit is is important that you have the accurate grades as your child skips through grades that you um, you know put the correct grade down not by their age. Mm-hmm. Or else it will take forever, you know, and it has to be um, what they're actually working in, their actual grade level, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So if listeners um, have children who are under the age, if, if the child is 15 or 16 or a junior or senior, no problem. Like my son is going to take dual enrollment classes his senior year. He's going to take two classes at the um, junior college, and he's going to take two through his charter school. But mm-hmm. if our listeners have children like mine who are 12, 13, 14, then I guess they should check with the laws in their state to see if right. there is a pro- high school proficiency exam that they yes. can take and pass out of, and also to check with the junior college to see what the rules are for the child taking the online classes. Yes, and also, yes, that's correct. And in this state, in Alabama, um, they I think that some of the four-year colleges also have dual enrollment, but they have to take the ACT or SAT. Now, we haven't found that to be true with the junior colleges in California that we've been to, but here in Alabama, the, the local universities require those. So we include that as part of their um, high school curriculum is, you know, working on the on the test. The SAT uh, and ACT prep. Yes, right, yes, um, you know, to take the actual test. Um, when you say prep, I don't know, I mean... I know that there's um I know that there are uh like a preliminary SAT test before you take the real SAT test but um I guess some people don't know that either that you can take the actual SAT test again if they're at a certain grade level. So um so if if you're looking at four year universities cuz maybe you know there aren't as many California has a lot of junior colleges and I don't know if other states are that way cuz I've lived there and I know that there are a lot. Um but if you're near a four year college then maybe you may have to also take the SAT or ACT. Um, well, let's tackle the question, Mona Lee. So why okay. would we want our children to take college classes when they're only in high school? <laughs> well, um, if you would ask my husband that, if he were here to answer that, he would say, we have nine kids and we need these kids to get college degrees and start earning some real money, you know. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I mean, maybe that sounds shallow, but we do have other children coming up behind, you know, behind the older ones, and you know, we would prefer our kids out in the world earning a, a good salary as opposed to, you know, flipping burgers. <laughs> so, um, if we feel, you know, if they're academically ready, um, we don't see, you know, why not? I, I know people are worried about the social aspect, and I'm sure we're going to get to that subject, but. Um, if, if they're ready academically, I mean, why wouldn't you want to? I, I, it depends, of course, on each parent and if they think they're mature enough and spiritually mature enough to, you know, to go out and, and handle that. But um, 
um, we just uh, we we don't see you know why put it off. I I don't know. I, that's that's just our humble opinion. <laughs> now I know from my own personal experience, it's my my youngest daughter, my 11 year old, who's driving it because maybe she has to keep up with the Joneses, if you would, her older brother and sister. But uh-huh. she wants to feel special. She wants to do something that they haven't done yet. So now she's very motivated to work with the tutor to finish off the algebra and the geometry yeah. because she loves the idea of taking college classes when she's still high school age. Yeah. So yeah, motivation is certainly one good reason to look at this. And then dual enrollment is another good reason that why not? You know, For homeschoolers, we're so lucky that our child can take, uh, especially the sciences, use those fantastic um, chemistry labs and biology labs at the junior college when they're a junior or senior and get high school and college credit for the same class. Right. And, and also... She's motivated. You don't have to push her through it. Right. So um, when you see that in a child, wow, you know, this kid's on fire. They can't wait to do the next thing. That that motivates the parent to do it with the next kid, you know. So once once our oldest daughter did it, the second daughter wanted to know when it was her turn. And, and that, my second daughter was not so crazy about math, but when she saw the older sister doing it, she thought, well, why not me? You know, and and uh, and she was very motivated to to do the work, do the homework, study, and get that A for the professor. Where maybe she was getting a little lazy as she was approaching twelve at home. You know, um, maybe getting a little bored. So, um, and for so my daughter, it's the writing. She's a gifted writer. She wants those writing classes, and she wants to take the online German classes. Mm-hmm. But I think we'd better jump ahead and talk about that socialization question right away because yeah. a lot of our listeners may be afraid that you're you're dropping your 12, 13, 14-year-old child off at the sorority and fraternity to have a category yeah, in classes. <laughs> that's very scary, I know. As a matter of fact, when my son got admitted to Huntington College here at age 11, his letter of acceptance came with a disclaimer that um, he would not be allowed to join the football team or fraternity or anything extracurricular and um and that was fine with us. But, you know, I guess they didn't really want him hanging around campus unsupervised and neither did I. So that was fine. Um and I I mentioned this in the book and I tell you know, when people look at me like, You've got to be crazy, um, I tell them my le- well, he was eleven at the time. He's twelve now. I take him to class and I pick him up an hour later we live a few blocks from the university, and he's home for lunch. He can take a break if he needs it and then drive him back for the afternoon class and bring him home. He is never wandering around campus, um, hanging out with the football players, you know, although they've been pretty kind to him and he's friendly and he, you know, he can have conversations with them, but it's not unsupervised and, you know, he's he's not joining that fraternity or or going to the weekend parties or anything like that. He's just there, you know. He's just there for the academics. And, now, does um, your son have to go um, to every class time, or is it like an online class where most of the learning is at home, and he just goes to the class for the testing? Um, in my oldest daughter is was the only one that did the online class, and that is because. I was too chicken to take her into a classroom. I was worried what was, you know, what would be said, what would the professor think, what are the other students going to say. But once she um, got through that part where she went to the test and no one really said anything, then we got a little more daring. And, and from then on, our kids have not taken online courses. And um, 
you know, if, if people are uncomfortable with it, that could be their very first college class is an online class where they do just show up for the exams. Um, and that would be a great way to, I guess, get your feet wet and get your confidence up. But once we realize that nobody really cares, you know, they just kind of show up, do their thing, and leave. Um, most of the people in the classes, they're in the junior college anyways, they're, you know, maybe older working adults. Um, they're just there for class, and and then they're off doing their thing. Uh, nobody really paid much attention to our kids. Um, so I guess I felt like it was safe and uh, they weren't being... Uh, um, harassed or anything. So what did um, you do after your children took, say, you know, two years or three years of junior college classes? By then, let's say they were 16 or 17, what did they do next? Um, well, actually, Hannah, um, my oldest, uh, she transferred to a four-year college and and then graduated at 17. And she graduated from the four-year university at 17. Yes, she did. And then, you know, people wondered, you know, she'd, she'd never had a real job before, so what was she going to do? And, and she got, we went back to California and she got a job testing software at a startup company and, and she did fine. Um, um, they have social skills, you know, they know how to speak to adults. They, it's just like a 17 year old having any other kind of job except that it's, it's not, I mean, it, it, it's not just flipping burgers. They they were able to get higher-paying jobs. Um, there was really not much difference. Of course, they have resumes with no work experience in there, but they could put down, you know, that they had high GPAs and maybe some of the um, community service projects that they did. So they have that kind of experience. Um, I, I mean, some uh, parents out there may make sure their kids do some um part-time work while they're in college so that they do have some work experience. But in our case, we wanted them to focus on getting good grades, and, and so so our, our kids have not worked too much while they were in college. Did your children go away to that four-year university, or were they still living at home when they were taking they're, those classes? They were. Um, they've, our goal is to keep them at home. Um, the only one that um, actually did go away towards the end of her um, architecture program was our second daughter. Um, that's only because architecture was hard to find where we were living, and um, and, and we kind of talk about that in our book. We don't think we would do that again because we've just really, really uh, missed her. And uh, you know, they are young. But so if our other kids bring up a degree that that is not offered um, in the local area, I think we would. Um, really try and counsel them to wait till they're in graduate school to do something different. But um, we are fortunate to live in a city with, uh, there's five universities here. Surely they can find something that they want to major in while they're still very young, and then we can talk about graduate school. So instead uh, of your children taking high school classes, they took junior college and then university classes while still living yes. at home, and you would yes. take them to the college and I, you had your younger children, so would you kind of hang out on the lawn or in the car yeah. or something you know, while they were taking the, the class? Yes, yes. With my son, um, recently uh, you'd see me at the track, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday while he was taking English on campus, on the track with the double stroller, you know. Uh, my school-age kids are in the grass reading, writing in the sunshine, and I'm walking around the track with the babies and I don't know, maybe I look ridiculous, but people wouldn't believe that my son was actually taking a class. But um, 
And, you know, as soon as the class is over, I'm right there by the front door, and he's getting in the car, and we're going home. And um, he's earning college credit, so it was, it was an unusual sight, but um, that's that's how we do it. <laughs> Would you recommend this method for other homeschooling families? Anyone who wants to. <laughs> I know some people think it's crazy and they would never do it because of the age thing, but... Um, I, I, we think it's great, and um, I guess uh, our, our daughter wrote a little bit in our book, and you know she, I think the proof is in the pudding. You know she doesn't seem to be uh, too messed up. <laughs> she's a, she's a bright girl, and I think she's appreciated her um, being done with college early. So um, I, I don't think our older girls have any regrets. And uh, they they see that you know it's it's a college edu- education is expensive, and it's not getting cheaper, and and it's it they have a great advantage to just be done while their peers are still are just starting out and struggling. You know we're they're done, and uh, and skipping that whole college high school scene. Um, you know we tell them all the time what it was like for us in high school, and I was just they I think they realize they're not missing much. Um, they're not really missing anything because they're they're having uh, their own unique experiences. Are they missing out by not having the university experience though, when they get to go and live in the dorms, or could they do that for graduate school? And have they done? Oh, that? sure, sure. Um, well, the, our second daughter got a little more of that because she did um, live in the dorm, uh, but she was um, 16 and 17 when she was doing that, um, and. And I mean, her program was so academic. It, she was working in the, the architecture studio all the time. So, so uh, again, um, you know, it was she wasn't at a party school. You know, she wasn't, uh, and she'd come home on the weekend. Um, so, um, well, let's let's talk again their... about how they can how they can get into the college. So, if they're older, okay. then they can. Um, then it's easier, yeah. Yes, then they can pass the proficiency exam, or you mentioned they can take the SAT. The now this is the college SAT, not the yes. um, elementary or high school level SAT. That's right. And then or the you ACT. Have, or ACT. And if you uh, file a private school affidavit, of course every state calls it something different. Then mm-hmm. you just have to document that they're doing that sophomore level work in order to, in order to take the SAT can anyone take the SAT and use that as a ticket to take these um, college classes well if you go online and to register for the SAT they ask a lot of questions also about what grade level your child is and what subjects they have taken so so far it always comes up i mean you 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 need to be doing high school work your child needs to be doing that so far i've found to take the SAT. And the affidavit really only works, as far as I know, in California. I've, I've homeschooled in Texas and New Mexico and in Alabama. Those are the other states we've moved to because we've been in the military. And the affidavit only came up in California. Um, the other the other states, I, I don't remember having to really claim a grade. So I guess, you know, you, you just kind of need to know what your state requires. And... Um, and I mean, I would go online to see the actual forms and see what the questions are. And you know, if they say you need to be at this level, then then that there's your goal. You know, you can tell your child you want to take the SAT, you want to take college classes, 
you need to be doing this work by this month or, you know, this fall or, or um, that's kind of how we set our goals. Did you um, make up a transcript for your high schoolers? And if so, do you have any advice for our listeners on how they can make and keep transcripts? Okay. Um, again, the first two were unique because they took the proficiency exam. And so they started high school, and then you could say they tested out of high school. Um, now, my third daughter, when we moved back to Alabama, she did need a transcript because we don't have that proficiency exam here in Alabama. So, um so, again, I, I said to her, well, she expected to be in college by 12 because that's what her sisters did. So when she was 11, um, just 11, we had moved to Alabama, and I said, guess what? The state doesn't have the exam. You're going to need – she was already doing high school work, but I basically said, These are the, this is the, here's the list of what you have to do to finish high school. And you're going to have to take the SAT, and you're going to have to get, um, I believe – it was a 9.30, I might be wrong on the score. Maybe that's what she got. and I can't remember, but the university that she wanted to go to had a score. So I showed her the score. I said, you're going to need to study for this test, and you're going to need to finish, to finish these subjects. Well, there you go. She was motivated, and she finished. Um, you know, I didn't have to push her, prod her, convince her. She knew what she had to do in order to do what her sisters were doing. And so she got it done. So, yes, I do in the book um, include a, a sample of um, her transcript and my son's transcript. And um, and on there we just put the things that she was taking at a high school level geared towards her because she wants to be a doctor. And so um, she was heavy on the science. Um, and and I, I think I got the format um, just offline and I also dug out my husband's transcript and my transcript and saw kind of what they looked like and and the, the things that we were taking in high school and um, geared it towards her. Uh, you could always, you know, I'm sure that there are homeschooling books out there that also talk about, you know, how to put together a transcript. And it really is the same thing except that we were doing it when she was 11. And uh, so she finished by the time she was 12 and and started taking classes and the unique thing about her which was really really special is that she, her very first class was a Spanish class and both of her sisters were in it with her and so um, she was not nervous at all and in that case I don't think I hung around the track because she had her older sister driving her and her second sister was in there with her and so all three girls were taking the same class and so that was a very very easy transition because they were on campus and um so that was that was great. So it's gotten easier through the years. Do you worry about the the kids having gaps in their learning? I'm thinking, for example, the proficiency exam or the SAT. They're testing English and math, but not history mm. or science. Right. And although my right. son's kind of doing the hard way approach to the university entrance, he's taking four years of foreign language, four years of math, four years of English, four years of science. You know, all that he's really is getting a nice solid foundation in his yeah. learning and I feel good that there really aren't too many gaps. But if my daughter suddenly passes this exam and starts the junior college classes, um won't she have gaps and what did you do for your own children about that? Well, I I I know that's a big concern for homeschooling parents, but if if they are going to take 4 years of college and then go on to graduate school possibly, they're going to have a lot of science and a lot of math, a lot of history. And, and then particularly the subjects that they're majoring in, you know, it's going to be um, 
uh, unique education for them, they are going to fill in a lot of those gaps. I, I don't feel like like they have to do all that while they're being homeschooled. You know, they they need to do what they need to do to get in. I guess you could say. Um, if you're in California, that's different than in other states. But um, you can try and make it as well-rounded as you can. But all the other things, I mean, you, I would not let that stop you, I guess is what I'm saying. that That's not um, – my kids never took a, a science lab. I just was not motivated enough to set that up in my kitchen and maybe didn't even really know where to begin with that. And I was worried a lot about science labs, and they've all taken labs now, and they've done great because they read well. They're strong. Their math skills are very strong, um, and they write well. So I guess the gaps get filled in kind of naturally. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm Oh, maybe. you're using the junior college and the college classes yes. to fill in those gaps. Yeah, so they're taking the history and science classes through the junior college. And junior college, at least in California, is kind of at the high school level. I don't know if it's different yeah. in other states, but um, our junior colleges tend to be taught at a high school level. You know, you're, you're right. When our daughter actually, her very first math class was a geometry class, and it's, it's I guess, what they call um, not transferable credit. So she got college credit for the two-year university, but it was not going to be transferable to a four-year university. Um, university. So in that case, I guess you would say that was just a high school-level math. And actually, I think uh, one of my relatives made a comment like, well, that's no big deal. It's just a high school-level math. But it was a stepping stone. I mean, she was in the classroom. She was learning how to take tests, how to deal with the professor. And so it was not a waste of her time. And once she took that the prerequisite, you know, the next semester she was taking the next class, which was transferable college credit. So that is true, what you're saying. Um, you can take, I guess what you would call a remedial English class or and not something that's below English 101. Um, I, some of my um, kids have had to take that, but that's okay. I mean, there's no shame in that because many, many high school graduates that are at the age of 17 or 18, you know, still go to the university. They still have to take a placement test. That's the other thing we haven't talked about. Um, you know, a lot of universities will make you take that placement test to make sure that you're ready to go into English 101 or college algebra. And if, and if you don't test well, then you take the class before. Um, that should not stop anyone. I mean, you know, once they're done with that, then great, they fulfill that prerequisite and they go on to the next class and now they're earning transferable college credit. Well, you, I, Mona Lisa, in the time remaining, this is such excellent information, I'd love to speak with you about um, homeschooling uh, for the large family because you have <laughs> nine children, that makes yeah. 11 of you, and there are a lot of homeschoolers who have larger families. Do you mind if I ask you some questions about that? Oh, no, that'd be great. For, for example, my first question is I'm thinking, wow, you must be so organized, and no. I'm wondering what your schedule is like. You know, everyone assumes that, and I just have to laugh because um, it's almost because of my disorganization that we have to homeschool this way. Um, I, I have to raise uh, independent workers. You know, I have to get the little guys reading independently so that I can say, here, read this book. Now read this book. And I need you to do it independently. I need to trust you. I need you to go in the dining room or go sit on the couch and read this book. And because 
once that child can do that, and so then the seven, eight, nine-year-old, whatever his age is, can then help me read to the six-year-old or read to the five-year-old. And and I use that a lot because my arms are full with the nursing baby. You know, um, I think that once you have a certain number of kids, you kind of have to figure out how can I make this easier for me? You know, I have to teach these kids how to load the dishwasher, unload the dishwasher. I need them to know how to put their laundry in and put it away because I can't do it all. And, you know, as soon as, you know, I go crying to my husband, I can't do it all, you know, that's when he says, you know, we need to think of an easier way to do this because it's too much for mom, you know. And so he can go to the kids and say, you guys have to learn to do some of these things on your own. And and so my, when we talk about this in our book, our goal is get those little guys to become really good readers and love to read so that they're just turned on to reading about history and science. And, um, you know, we don't let them read romance novels. You know, we want to make sure they're reading something that is good quality reading and they can do it on their own so that they can just become better and better readers and in turn that will make them better and better writers and, you know, the math is really where I spend most of my one-on-one individual time with the child, teaching them to read and doing math. And then from there, they can read all the science books that interest them and all the history books that interest them and just the particular subjects that they're going to be interested in because, you know, all their interests will be different. And um, and as soon as the younger, the middle-aged ones are getting good with their math skills, then they're gonna, they're going to help me with the younger ones. And I mean that's the only way I get through my day. But that does not mean that at the end of the day, you know, there aren't a pile of there's still some dishes in the sink, you know, that we didn't get to, or um, there's always laundry to do. And so I guess you could say I'm organized in the sense that we know what we need to get done every day. And I I forgot I've mentioned. Bible, of course, is always first, and we do that together and um, working on their character. But once we do the, the the important things, you know, the Bible, always the character building, the math, the reading, and um, and practicing their writing, then, you know, we, we try and keep the house as clean as we can, but it's not perfect, but that's okay. I don't have to get everything done. And, yes, there are going to be some gaps, but... It's it's going to be all right, and so I try not to worry about the things that were missing um, here and there, um, as long as the important things are done, and as long as I can keep focused in that. And if I get overwhelmed, you know, my husband is good to remind me of we're doing the important things. I don't have to worry about you know the dust that's collecting over here or there or the things that I'm missing. Um, I just really do my best every day. And sometimes I feel like we don't get anything done and I'm just putting out fires all day long. But um, most days are, are pretty good and because the kids know what they need to be doing, the, the basic important things. And um, and that's just how we seem to be getting through it. Let's talk a minute about cost because if you send your child to high school, of course it's free, and then homeschooling can cost uh, either a lot or very little. It can be practically free. But how are you affording college for um, all of your children? Well, um, because of our family size and, you know, my husband just having an, an average job, um, we do um, get lots of grants. 
and the kids have gotten scholarships. Um, about half of their tuition are in scholarships, and then they get grants for the rest. And then, um, and then we do take out loans. And I know, um, you know, some people are very much against um, student loans or taking loans out for anything. But um, our our philosophy is they're going to graduate sooner and be earning, you know, that college dollar sooner. And and it's okay if they're, that's going to be one of their things. They're going to have to pay that back. But overall, they understand that um, that they're going to be ahead. And, and um, you know, I, I guess I can't really apologize for that because I know some people are really against taking out student loans, but, but that's what we've done. And so our oldest daughter, you know, she has a graduate degree and she has some student loans, but, you know, my husband's still paying off some of his student loans for his graduate degree, and, you know, we're almost 40. So, um, And they were able to get grants and scholarships even though yes. they're younger. Yes, yes. That's, that's good to know. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you and your husband right. must have PhDs in education, right? No, 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 that's the other thing we get asked. No, my husband um, just finished his master's degree in 2004 in um, business, and I do not have a college degree. Uh, we, I married my high school sweetheart, and um, he joined the Army, and we started having kids um, at 19 and have been having kids ever since then, and I just have not found the time to go um, to college. I did go to a one-year nursing program and have worked part-time in the past, um, but not since we started homeschooling. I've 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 been staying at home, and um, and no, that's kind of funny because I guess people figure that we must have PhDs, but we don't. Um, in your book, I love the paragraph about sibling rivalry. And my daughter and I read that, and she really got it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Or uh, the absence of? I guess. Yes. In other words, um, yeah. what, I, what I was fascinated by is my uh, my youngest daughter, I wanted her to take some dance. She's like, oh, I don't want to take dance because my, you know, her oldest sister is a dancer, and she's really into it and really loves it. Mm-hmm. And then we read this paragraph, and it was like, you know, honey, you don't have you can take the dance just for the sheer pleasure of it, and it's okay that dance is really big for your sister, whereas writing, you really have a talent for writing, and you love writing and write all the time, but your sister can still write, even though she may not be, quote, as good at it as you. Right, right. So can you talk some more about yeah. that? Yeah. I think um, we are pretty open with talking about our kids and their strengths, you know, like, wow, Rosanna, you are so talented, and your drawing is amazing, and, you know, she's she's a designer and and um you know she's got the architecture degree now and and it's kind of like it's not a secret that Rosanna is is greatly gifted in that area that's that's great we are all happy for her genuinely but you know my third daughter took an art class and she did great too um there's there's we don't necessarily compare them but it's okay to talk about their strengths everyone we all have gifts and um and we support each other in that and and we rejoice in that you know and and when Rosanna's winning these wonderful um um you know in her architecture school she got some awards and things for her design we rejoice with her in that and that is great and and we don't have to feel like oh now nobody else can be an architect because they're going to be compared to her as a matter of fact you know what we say is if anyone wants to be an architect, guess what? Your sister's already doing it, and she can hook you up. You know, when you're ready to go and 
and get started. You know, she can um, show you the ropes, and she'll support you in that. And, and even as far as, you know, one day you could have a firm together. You know, we fantasize about that. Wouldn't it be great, you know, Harding and Harding Architects, you know. <laughs> She, she she thinks that's great to think that one of her younger siblings would want to do that. So there's no competition. It's you know let's it's a family thing, and um, you know everyone knows that Hannah's gifted in math, but the younger ones are like, yeah, I want to do math too because my big sister she's so smart, and and you know I I want her to teach me and do that too. And of course she thinks you know she's she feels like. Hey guys, let's do math. It's so much fun. You know, she wants to encourage them in that. So, um, I guess just by being positive and and um, always encouraging each other and our strengths, um, I guess we don't. There's no room for the negativity or the competition, you know, or or we don't need to compare the kids, but just you know, let's um, rejoice with each other and and how great we're doing. So, I don't know. I'd, li- I'd like to open up the call early because I think mm-hmm. we're going to have sure. um, more questions even than normal, especially okay. about um, going to college early and also about homeschooling a large family. But okay. before we do so, can you please uh, tell us where people can go to get your ebook, College by 12? Yes, it's um, um, www.collegeby12.com. And you can spell out the word 12 or um, the number 12 works too. So either way, collegeby12.com. C-O-L-L-E-G-E-B-Y, and then either the number 1212 yes. or T-W-E-L-V-E.com. How much yes. is the ebook? You know what? It is $12, I mean $20, and we have a note on there, which we probably need to go back into the website and correct. It's $20, but $10 of it goes to us in our children's college education, of course. But the other $10 we are giving to any Christian-based program that benefits public school kids. And someone brought it up to me that on our website it's kind of confusing. It says that we give it to the public school, but actually what we're doing with the money is we are, and, and currently we are giving it to a church program that is busing in inner-city kids here in Montgomery to the church and tutoring these children. So the money is benefiting public school kids. And and part of the reason we're doing that is, you know, this church is sharing the gospel with the children as well as helping them with their homework and uh, to become better readers and math skills. But we just feel like we have been flat blessed by being able to homeschool. And there's so many um, single parents in the city or, or um, just kids that are not blessed enough to be homeschooled and and not getting a Christian education and we just feel like that is the most important part of the education process. And so we want um, to give the gospel to public school kids. And so um, so that's why it's, it's priced at $20. Okay. Well, callers, um, we're going to have a lot of questions. Please okay. mute out your phones. Star 6 will mute out your phone. And then uh, press star 6 again to ask your question. And we'll take. We'll have a lot of questions. Such great information. And we'll take the questions one at a time. If there's a lot of noise, I'll come into this nice, quiet conference mode, and I'll repeat the question. Okay. So I'm going to open up the line. If you would, member, press star six to mute out your phone. Okay. So we are open now. The line is open. As soon as we're done with the musical click. And um, we had a full. Um, a full uh, caller 
list this time. All 100 were on the line, so we'll have a lot of people getting the recordings for this, Mona Lisa. Oh, and, great. Yeah, my monitor told me that I, hopefully, I wanted to get everybody on, but we just couldn't. So, um, callers, first question, please. We're speaking with Mona Lisa Harding about uh, college by 12 and also about homeschooling when you have a large family, too. Hello. Yes, go ahead. I heard someone say hello. And please, don't be shy. This enhances the experience for everyone, chatting back and forth, and it's such a nice opportunity to speak with a fellow homeschooler who's doing so well. Hang on, the calls are Hello. coming. Yes, there we go. The calls are coming down. Y- yes, go ahead. Hi. Um, I have a seven-year-old son, and I'm just wondering if I'm keeping him on track. I don't know what you were doing at that, at you know, that particular age. You know what? Um, um, we kind of share in the book what we did at each age, um, at each age. You know, kind of what grade they were in, and and how they were hopping from grade to grade. Um, and uh but i have to say that my girls were very very studious and my fourth son's very studious but my other boys they really like legos and playing outside and so i'm finding that um the boys may um be a little bit later um but um i did um read a book called um i think it's called better late than early and um by raymond you know moore. i'm kind of re- i'm sorry by raymond moore Yes, and so I've kind of come into having the boys a little more relaxed, knowing that we can catch up so fast. I mean, I, I, there's no doubt that once the kid, you know, decides, hey, this school stuff's pretty neat, you know, you can really cover a lot of grades quickly. And um, so I don't stress out about that. So the only reason I, I mentioned that is you said he was a boy, and so um, it just kind of depends on if you have a studious little boy or a little boy who just wants to build tents and forts and you know, climb trees. So um, um, if he's seven, I guess I wouldn't be so worried um, so much about what grade level he's in. But in the book we do share, you know, by seven we, we're, we're letting him read independently and, and we, you know, children's biographies and we just want them to really start liking history and, and science books. And, um, you know, you can always find whatever is appropriate at his age now but always challenging him, you know, hey, you want to try this book? This is a chapter book, you know. It's a little bit harder than the one before, but try it out. Tell me if you understand it. If you don't, it's okay, but, you know, just kind of encouraging him to maybe read a little more difficult books, and um, and usually the kid's motivated by that. And, you know, we reward them in their reading, you know, give them a dollar for each chapter book or whatever. So kind of find whatever works. And um, as far as the levels go, I guess as long as they're always improving, I wouldn't worry about that too much at that age. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're getting an attitude and you're going to get a whipping if you don't cut it out. Oh, caller, there's someone who was just talking to your children. If you would, please press star six to mute out your call, mute, mute out your phone. Okay, and then next question, please. Did you hear that? Yes. So next question for Mona Lisa Harding, please. Well, somebody evidently accidentally hit the call-in for questions, and you could hear the mom saying, <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? And, and, we can, and we can still hear you. <laughs> so press star six, because star six mutes and it unmutes your phone. <laughs> 
And I, and I know it's hard to tell whether you're in mute mode or not. Mm-hmm. There we go. I had a question. Yes, please go ahead. Um, I have a 12-year-old, and she's going to be 13 in a couple of months. And I live in New York. And in New York, the homeschooling uh, regulations are a little bit more stringent, mm-hmm. um, I think more so than California and maybe Alabama. Uh-huh. And I wanted to ask Mona Lisa, how do you go about, because you said um, for California you had to prove that your child was in the sophomore or sophomore year? Yes, to take the proficiency exam, they have to be a second semester sophomore. Uh huh. Okay, so how do you go about for a state like New York, who's a little bit, which is a little bit more stringent? How would you go about proving my daughter is doing academically um, tenth tenth grade work? Um, okay. And she's twelve, and I would like her to take junior college's classes, you know, starting hopefully September. And I'm trying to figure out how to do that. Right. Um, well, I would certainly start by um, uh, calling the junior college. And, you know, when I say that, I kind of cringe because sometimes you get people that are so negative on the phone. And I would certainly not give them the whole story of what you're trying to do because they're going to tell you, well, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. She's only 12. You know, we call those the naysayers in our book, you know, people that are just so close to it. Mm-hmm. What I would find out is what is the rule? Mm-hmm. If if the junior college, you know, that's going to take, you know, a little uh, research on your part, but if you find out what does the rule actually say, and if you're following the rule, then just do it. Just sign her up and and take her there. I mean, so far we have not been thrown out of any college classes um, because we're just sure that we're following the rules. So, you know, I I can't even begin to think what the laws are in New York or what the rules are, but I would just start by going, you know, calling or going to the website of the institution you're trying to get into and find out what the rules are and try to just meet the criteria. If you meet the criteria, then you should be confident that you've met it and and you're not doing anything wrong. You're not trying to break the law. You're not trying to cheat. And, you know, the way my husband puts it is, these are good problems to have. You're just trying to get your child a college education. You're not trying to cheat or do anything illegal. Just You're just trying to get her, um, you know, a good quality education. So um, just find out what the rules are and try and meet the criteria. Okay. Thank you. And in California, mm-hmm. too, I talked with my daughter about the reason for the exam is that they were trying to keep... 13-year-olds from dropping out of high school, from just passing the exam and dropping out of high school, and and realizing that the people who were helping us, too, that they, some of them, they weren't necessarily naysayers, that they, it was a good law, and so now we Uh have to just figure out the the honest way, the right way to go about getting where it is that we want to go. Right, right, and you're not trying to get her to test out so she can stay home and watch cartoons all day. You know, you're trying to get her ahead, and so your motivations are, you know, you're, 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 it's a good thing. You it's know. a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> this is excellent, callers. Let's see. It's uh, 12.54. I think we have room for one more question. I can hear it coming down again. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Yes, um, I have a 10-year-old boy. He's been in fifth grade right now. You have a 10-year-old boy in the sixth grade? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. Fifth grade, yes. Yes. And I just heard uh, one of the moms mention about the boys are like to climb around instead of doing work. 
And so my question is, my boy's kind of like that <clears throat> at certain points. He does his homework, but he has to be pushed a lot. Um, but he likes to be more like, uh, you know, um, pressure hunting, climbing on trees and so on. So my question is right now, is, this, is there is there still time or chance to work towards getting the child towards the high school, I mean, college level? Mona Lisa, let me repeat that one. Yes, that was a little harder one to hear. So she has uh-huh. a fifth fifth grade year old son who kind of likes to uh, play a lot, and I think she's wondering how to um, motivate him to move through these um, high school classes to get into college. Yeah. Did I summarize that correctly? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, well, uh, we have a chapter called the college carrot. <laughs> you know, dangling that carrot in front of the child, and and we have found it to be a great motivator. You know, you can you can say to your child, you know, you can do high school the traditional way and not graduate till you're 17, 18. Or, guess what? We can read these textbooks. They're high school level, you know. You can study this. You can do the quiz on the back. We can work together, work really hard. And, you know, I've heard of these people that are college by 12. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just dangle that college credit carrot in front of them and see if that does the job. Um, it's It certainly works for us. And um, and uh, it's working for us too. Yeah, especially for yeah. the younger siblings, she wants to be special, wants to do something unique. Yeah. So I, I um, and love, uh, we told her that when she passes the proficiency exam, even if she doesn't get to actually sit for the exam, that just by passing it all the way officially through the barons, that we were going to have a nice celebration too. Well, right, because you already you'll know what where she is academically. Yeah, so and because she's been working so hard to finish that algebra off in order to pass the exam. Right, right. Okay. Well, um, I'm also I have another question. Is it okay? Yes, please yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I'm also wondering. I mean, if I'm doing the right thing as far as teaching in fifth grade right now, and I'm getting already ready for that next year level, which is sixth grade, but um. I don't know if I'm on the right track as far as academically goes to starting to do like high school books and stuff like that. Okay, Mona Lisa. Uh, her question was: she's not sure if she's on the right track to be able, you know, to being able to do that high school level work. Okay. Well, you, you mean as far as like next year switching automatically to high school? Um, you know, they, that might be. Too much. I mean, so, in, caller, in our, switching over directly from the fifth grade level work to high school, or accelerating the the work that they're doing now to get into that early high school work. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, I you don't you don't want to frustrate them or overwhelm them, but um, by saying you know we could kind of like having working at its optimum level. You know, it may be fifth grade or it might be seventh grade. You know, it kind of depends on the child. But certainly not saying you have to be in the fifth grade for the entire year. That that is you know that's what we write about. There's no reason that fifth grade should take an entire year. And having and you noticed too, Mona Lisa, that they race higher, faster through some subjects. Like my daughter, the writing is very easy absolutely. for her, but the math is just taking a little longer. Right, and therefore, like I, I mentioned, you know, concentrating on the math. You know, if if she's passing the other sections. Of course, you know, she's still going to enjoy her reading, probably, but in her writing, but knowing that we really got to work hard on this math. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh. That would be great. So, callers, uh, we thank you very much for being with us today. 
Uh, we've been speaking with Mona Lisa Harding. Her website is collegeby12.com. I really recommend her ebook. Uh, tomorrow, please come on back with us. We're going. To, we have three interviews tomorrow at eleven, twelve, and one o'clock Pacific time. I will email you a reminder through our teleconference list. We're going to be speaking with Marilyn Rocket about uh, homeschooling at the speed of life, and we have two special interviews for you to have your teens on the call. So we're going to be speaking with Julie Jenkins Sathy on teens change is your choice, and also with Kim Cuthbert. Um, a Colbertson about a song journaling, uh, using music for journaling and some excellent writing information. So please come on the line early tomorrow to secure your spot and then uh, stay with us for all three interviews. If you can't make the live call, you can go to homeschool.com forward slash pre-order and order the recordings and we will send those out as soon as they are available. <laughs> 